While fighting to control the darkened world of Umbara, Anakin Skywalker's battalion is temporarily placed under the command of Jedi General Pong Krell. As Krell's disastrous strategies result in increasing casualties, his men begin to turn against him. Captain Rex struggles to balance loyalty between his commander and his fellow men. Under his watch, Fives and Jesse disobey Krell's orders, resulting in their court-martial. again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 142nd Killing Criffin Krell episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. How the heck are you all doing? So excited to be here. We're concluding the Umbaran arc, the arc with General Krell, the maniac that he is, that just out-of-his-head, bananas-crazy guy. Oof. So much to talk about. But before we can do that, another reminder, make sure you're following us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this podcast with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And remember, too, if you got the time and the inclination, five-star reviews. So, so helpful in spreading the word about what we're doing here on the Mandavision Podcast, the amount of fun we're having, the conversation that we're getting into, and we're just getting started. It's, it's, it's springtime. Spring is sprung. The, the rebirth, the awakening. And I'm here for it all, and I'm fired up in a way about Star Wars, because again, season four of, this, of, of Star Wars The Clone Wars is so GD intense that <laughs> I'm just having a blast watching these, and, and these four episodes in particular. Uh, I, I've rewatched them so many times in preparation for these episodes because I'm just digging them so, so much. There's, there's so much going on in them. They're so fun. And, and well, fun is... Fun and... It, <laughs> that's a strange word to use with, the, with the, uh, the intensity and the sort of dramatic tension in these episodes, but they're just so gosh darn good. And I'm excited to close out this series... Uh, this series of episodes with you all right now, and, and, and my goodness, like, what we have coming up on the schedule, some episodes that are just, I mean, just mind-bogglingly awesome. So get ready, you know, just, I'm going to tell you to do it in a little bit, but after I give you the, the, the sort of show's mantra, you know, about putting it on your bucket, just don't even take it off. 
just leave it on. You're going to need it on because you're going to hit your head on something if you don't. And we want to make sure that we're protecting your brain matter from possible concussions. All right. So <laughs> I think we should just dive into it. There, there's again, we're going to do uh, as we're as we're kind of breaking down the episode, as we're kind of rewatching and getting back into it. We are going to talk about Krell. What's going on with him? His motivations. I still think Krell needed some serious psychiatric intervention at some point. Uh, there again, the amount of oversight that the Jedi seem to have here is is uh, shocking, shocking, <laughs> because there is none, and and Pong Krell is clearly out of his mind, and, and and the fact that no one questioned him at any point is um, it's it's uh, it's irresponsible, is what it is. Let's put it that way, and and. I blame the Jedi for this. I, I truly, truly do. But yeah, we're going to talk about him as, as he sort of shares, shares his motivations. We're going to kind of discuss that a little bit. We're going to talk about that. Um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to bring truth on it because I got news for Pong Krell. And we'll, we'll do that in the episode as things are kind of unfolding, as he sort of makes his confession to Rex and Fives and the rest of the clones about why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and then at the very tail end of the episode... We're, there's going to be something we're going to talk about that's uh, that sort of bums me out to an extent that's never really addressed uh, in the aftermath of this arc. And, and again, we're going to talk about that at the end uh, to try, just try to try to put like a little bit of a, a bow on things and, and uh, again, give us a little food for thought. So this is Season 4, Episode 9. Um, excuse me, Season 4, Episode 10, Carnage of Krell. November 18th, 2011, the original air date, directed by Kyle Dunleavy, written by Matt Mishnevitz. Our plot for this week, Rex and the 501st Troopers refuse to execute Fives and Jesse for their insubordination. They're in for an even bigger shock when General Krell orders another offensive. Uh, Our cast this week, they really fine-tuned this one. D. Bradley Baker, again, doing all that heavy lifting. Dave Finoy as Pong Krell. And Tom Kane is our narrator. And that's it. That's the cast. We got no Kenobi, no Skywalker, no Padmes or R2s or C-3PO's. This is it. You know, no Dooku appearances, no Umbaran General's going to pop up out of nowhere. This is the cast. And again, I, I've said it before on the, for, the, for this arc, D. Bradley Baker, incredible work distinguishing these clones, giving them their own unique voices, despite how similar they all sound. He, he really makes them individual and distinct, and I love it. I'm here for it. So you know what that means. It's that time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. General Krell, I respectfully request you reconsider court-martialing Fives and Jesse. The actions of our Trooper 5555 and CT 5597 were a clear act of treachery and disregard for my command. If punishment isn't swift, their defiance may inspire others to follow suit. Sir, the men are with you. It's just that some of them feel you're putting their lives in danger needlessly. All the more reason to send a clear message that I am in charge and insubordination will not be tolerated. The truth is, these clones have had a difficult time respecting my command since the beginning. I've seen it before. Some clones are just defective. They aren't able to succumb to authority. You're right, Captain. I don't think I can court-martial them. It will only be a waste of time, and that's something we don't have. I'm afraid they'll need to be disposed of. Prepare a squad for execution. What? But, sir... You heard me, Captain! Have it done immediately, or I'll do it myself! 
So the episode opens a little bit. Uh, we kind of go back a little bit because we, we, you know, as we closed the 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 last chapter of the, of the of the show, Plan of Descent. You know, Krell tells us right on Front Street that uh, Fives and Jesse will be executed for going against his orders, executing their own plan, and and they will pay the price for crossing him. It said at the end of that chapter, that third installment of the, of this arc. Uh, but we started, we sort of reset things a little bit here at this opening stage, and it, it seems that that Rex is Rex is going to to plead for Fives and Jesse once again about their court martial's lien situation, uh, and this is when Crowd decides that no, 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 it's way worse than that, Rex. I'm going to have you kill them, <laughs> and, and Rex is totally uh, floored by that by that decision, and uh, <laughs> so it's it's an interesting little reset. Uh, where it makes it seem like it's a, a much more uh, thought out, cold kind of a, a sort of more colder, calculated decision to kill Fives and Jesse for for what they did, for crossing Krell, as he says it, um, as opposed to like sort of being a, a more emotional, impulsive decision when he says that at the close of the episode. So they reset it a little bit, so it's more of a calculation on Krell's part, I think, uh, which is very very interesting. Um, and then we have to go down into the brig where Rex will have to deliver this information. And uh, to give you guys a little reset on where we are, just just a reminder, uh, the Republic forces, Krell and the clones, are occupying that Umbaran air base still. Uh, this, is, this is where they have sort of uh, made a fortified position to potentially make their next launch on the capital. Now, their, their communications are also out, so they are no longer in contact with uh, Kenobi's forces and the uh, Master, I think it's uh, Sasi Tin's forces are also on Umbara to to take the planet. And so with that transmitter out, the clones are very, very cut off. So they have to deal with this this situation with Fives and Jesse, and ultimately they're going to have to deal with Krell on their own. They are completely removed from, they can't just call Kenobi for backup and, hey, 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 Kenobi, can you send, you know, Cody and, and, and the boys over? We need a little support here. No, they're they're isolated from at this point, and uh, that makes the episode's uh, tension a little bit higher because there again, there's no help coming for them when they need it, uh, and it's, it's and not that they they ask for it, but they know that this is their situation. There's their mess to clean up, and and Rex is is more than happy to um, do that leadership thing that he does so well and own the situation and take control of it. So let's check in now as he has to go down to the brig and break the news to Fives and Jesse about their upcoming execution. Fives, Jesse, I'm sorry. General Krell has ordered your execution immediately. What? But how? He can't do this. He has authority to render punishment during combat. I can understand a court-martial and locking us up in the brig, but executing us? I tried to convince him that it's my fault, but he wouldn't let me. Rex, you have to face it. He's been using you. He needs your loyalty to control the others. Well, I won't let him get away with this. Now, don't beat yourself up about it. We made our choice. We know what the price was. Yeah, speak for yourself. <sighs> Still got your sense of humor, I see. Yeah, he said I was joking. Well, <sighs> I guess this is it. Fives and Jesse seem to be fairly resigned to their fate, and they're on their way to be summarily executed for their audacity to cross Krell. Uh, and then what we're going to see next is something that 
I, I believe this will be the only time we see something like this in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Or in Star Wars in general. I don't think anything like this has, has come up since this. But we see a clone-led firing squad come out to execute Fives and Jesse. Uh, interesting that the leader of this firing squad is Dogma. And, and we've talked about Dogma a little bit in the prior episodes. You know, he's sort of like the, the, the voice of opposition to the clones that are, that are uh, sort of rising up against Krell, right? Like, like his name suggests, I mean, he, he has fervent belief in protocol and, and an unwavering loyalty to his commanders, right? Uh, so much so that he's willing to betray his brothers to kind of keep following orders. And, and that's going to be something that, that Dogma has to deal with in this episode as the truth about Krell comes to light. So it, it's, it's sort of like a true believer situation with, with, with Dogma, and he's going to have to... Uh, let's, let, let's, wait, let's save that for, for later in the episode. But yeah, Dogma's going to have to have a confrontation with himself when all is revealed about Krell. But for the time being, it is Dogma, the one who attempted to rat them out to Krell in the prior episode, uh, that leads this firing squad and believes he's doing his duty and will happily uh, see his, his brothers Fives and Jesse die for, for disobeying the orders of General Krell. Uh, except Fives isn't going to go out without saying a few things, and it really resonates with the, with the troopers of the 501st. So let's go ahead and play this moment where uh, he's going to, you know, pitch his, plead his case, if you will. Wait! This is wrong, and we all know it. The general is making a mistake, and he needs to be called on it. No clone should have to go out this way. We are loyal soldiers. We follow orders, but we are not a bunch of unthinking droids. We are men. We must be trusted to make the right decisions, especially when the orders we are given are wrong. Fire! What? What happened? They're doing the right thing, Dogma. Because if this is how soldiers are rewarded for heroic actions, then one day, every man in this battalion may face a similar fate. Take off their binders. No, we have orders. We have to go through with this. Good luck finding anyone to do it. This decision does not go beyond Krell's notice, so he summons Rex up to the tower to have a word with him about this decision. I, w I ask that everyone pays attention to the, the word choices of Krell. We, now, we've talked about a little bit about the way he, in which he operates in the previous episodes, you know, using clone as a, as a very sort of derogatory, derogatory term uh, to talk to them. But look at, li listen to the other words he uses, particularly when he talks about, you know, I order those clones destroyed, like, like they are robots, like they are droids, like they are refuse, they are trash, they are not real beings. Uh, pay attention to, to the, the word choice and the tone with which he uses it. It's all very, it's all very interesting stuff. And again, it's, it sort of underlines the things we've been seeing about Krell. This is not a total you know, role reversal. He's not, he's not going heel turn now. He's been healed the entire time. It, it's just these are some of the clues that have been leading us to this. And again, now, we're that, now, now that we're talking about executing clones, uh, he's not talking about killing men. He's talking about, he's talking about throwing out the trash. It's it's a uh, very again sort of that cold callousness that we've been seeing from Krell the entire time of this arc. Check it out. You wanted us, sir. I ordered those clones to be destroyed. 
You are making a mistake by crossing me, clone. It's Captain, sir. General, there's an incoming transmission. Put it through. General, the Embards have stepped up their offensive. We're holding them off, but their squadrons have ambushed one of our platoons, seizing weapons and uniforms. We believe they may be planning to launch a massive attack. Looks like you have your stay of execution for now. Lock the traitors in the brig and prepare your platoons to move out immediately. We need to preempt the enemy by hitting them now with everything we've got. We're finally going to take the capital. And Captain, make sure the troops are aware that the enemy may disguise themselves as clones to try to trick us. I will, sir. My only question to that sequence is at the very end there with the transmission from, from the other clone, right? from the trooper on the ground, reporting back that the Umbarans are ma staging a major offensive in clone trooper armor. Uh, Krell must have faked that, right? As as we get to the, the big turning point in the episode, uh, it made me sort of question the source of that, right? Because uh, otherwise he'd have to have like an inside trooper working with him, right, to make this, this sort of falsified report. So he must have faked the transmission. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me. But if you have alternate theories, I'd love to hear them and you know how to find me. Um, it's interesting to me, it's also interesting that the Umbarans, from a strategic point of view, it, <laughs> I, I feel like the Umbaran technology is so vastly different than the Republic technology and, and armors even that, that, that the only way the, I guess it'd be a calculated risk, right? For the Umbarans to want to put on a, a clone trooper armor, you know, obviously that's good for infiltration, but both sides are getting blasted pretty regularly, and the armor is doing very little, very little to protect them. Just like we've seen with, with stormtroopers over the years, it's like they have that 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 armor on, but it, it's not Besker, so like it's getting it's getting shredded pretty quickly and routinely uh, during during the war during the conflicts, right? Um, so yeah, I I am, I am sort of curious about that one aspect of it with uh, the the transmission source. Like, is is the, the whole thing must have been faked, right? You know, Krell must have some kind of, like, IT guy in his back pocket or something. Or maybe he was an IT guy at one point. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop going there. Let's <laughs> let's just get to the next section of the show. So the next part of the sequence is that, that I want to play for you. This is sort of a setup sequence with the clones moving through the Umbaran uh, jungle slash forest, whatever you want to refer to it as, and coming across uh, a Vixus, which will come into, into play a little bit later. And we talked about this in the first episode. It's sort of a plant-like version of a, of a sarlacc it's got the tentacles and like the little set it's like a cross between a sarlacc and uh like a venus flytrap right uh we've seen it eat clones it's gonna come in handy later so i want to play like this little sequence just to remind you all of this watch out dogma i saw that thing attack hat case it'll chew you up and spit you out here watch Yeah. All right, so we're seeing that because they're they're foreshadowing something. Like obviously, this is being shown to us as a reminder of this creature's existence and what it can do. So that when we see it later in the episode, we're like, oh yeah, that thing. All right, here we go. So yeah, just a little bit of foreshadowing there, and I think it works out pretty nicely and pretty effectively. Here is where the battle begins. What they think is the Umbaran forces in clone trooper armor. They engage in conflict against each other, and it's pretty intense fighting, right? It's going back and forth, lots of blaster fire. Again, the idea that the Umbarans would be in clone trooper armor, I suppose, makes 
a decent amount of sense from an infiltration point of view. I've always found the Umbaran weaponry to be so much so much more effective than the blast tech uh, rifles that the the clone troopers have. So I would think you'd want to keep those. But again, I'm not a strategy guy. I'm just a casual observer of the Star Wars. Uh, but the battle's intense. It's fast and furious. We're seeing clones on both sides get killed in the gunfire in the in the crossing of the of the gunfire uh, when Rex happens across the body of, of what seems to be one of the fallen Umbarans, uh, when he recognizes a very uh, human-like chin beneath the clone trooper helmet and makes a shocking revelation. And, uh, yeah, check it out. What? Incredibly, an absolutely incredible moment. Absolutely gutted watching this moment as, as the clones realize they've been killing each other, they've been killing their brothers. And it, it's it, again, if this doesn't like punch you right in the stomach, I, I, I don't know who you are, I don't know how you're alive because this gets you in all the feels. And, and, and again, it's Star Wars, it's animation, but the looks on the troopers' faces, the incredible disbelief at what they've just done at how they've been manipulated to to kill each other at this point um again just gutted gutted and the incredible act of bravery on rex's part to run through the fire with his helmet off in an effort to to get his brothers to stop killing each other um it's it just and again an incredibly powerful moment on on the show uh, and, and, and it may be even one of my top five moments of the series. I, I mean, it's just so incredibly powerful and strong. And if it doesn't get you in the feels, you're dead. You're dead inside, and you need to see somebody about that because something's wrong with you. Something's very, very wrong with you. So let's... The clones are trying to figure out what's going on in our, our next sequence here, and we're going to catch up with, with, uh, with an old colleague of ours from way back in Season 1. Let's go check out this sequence now. This can't be happening. What have we done? I don't understand. Why did these troopers attack us? Captain, I found the platoon leader. It's Waxer. He's still alive. Alright, so, in case you've forgotten, Waxer, one of the clones from way back at the end of season one when we were doing the Twi'lek arc, and it's Waxer and Boyle who find the little Twi'lek girl. And he has a little picture of her on his helmet in this episode as he's laying there against the rock dying uh, from fire he took from, from his clone brothers who were turned against, who, who were told that they're shooting at the enemy. Um, the decision to use a clone that we were familiar with and to put that little girl's face, like sort of like right as a little decal on his helmet, uh, is just so that we know that we know this clone, those of us that are paying attention to the show, uh, just, again, another moment just kicks you right in the stomach. 
uh, because we're seeing a clone that we followed who bonded with this little girl on on Ryloth, uh, and now he's he's sitting here dying because because of a of of, of real piece of crap general, as we're about to find out. Waxer. Tell me, who gave you the orders to attack us? It... It was General Krell. He sent us to these coordinates to stop the enemy. We thought they were wearing our armor. But... It was... You. And as the tear rolls down Waxer's cheek as he's dying and saying that it's you, it was you, as again, it's really dawning on him just what they had done. Uh, just it's so powerful. Just the, the emotion. It's just right there on Front Street, and it's so incredible. And I, I could not get enough of it. Could not get enough of it. And uh, now, But now it's time for the clones, united by this betrayal, to come together and make a plan. Let's hear Rex... And I think Fives even jumps in to offer up some fairly solid suggestions. We all know who's responsible for what happened out there. What we don't know is why. Something has to be done. What I'm proposing is highly treasonous. If any man chooses to opt out, do it now. From this point forward, we are entering uncharted territory. My orders are, we arrest General Krill for treason against the Republic. Boom. And now we are going to get the confrontation with Krell. This is great stuff too. I can't even get started on this. But what we're seeing here as the clones are making their way back to the air base is as they get ready to enter and arrest Krell, Dogma falls back, still unbelieving that his commander would betray them in this way. So he waves off and he's not going to do it. But time to make a quick pit stop first. Fives and Jesse out of the brig, just in time to join the party. General Krell, you're being relieved of duty. It's treason, then. Clearly a callback, or a preview of what Palpatine will say to the Jedi Council when they come to arrest him in Revenge of the Sith. Surrender, General. You're committing mutiny, Captain. Explain your actions. My actions? For ordering your troops against one another. Oh, that. I'm surprised you were able to figure it out. For a clone. Surrender, General. You're outnumbered. You dare to attack a Jedi! Some laboratory. And that's that's uh that's Krell landing on the ground in the 
famed Deadpool superhero pose. <laughs> Iron Man's been known to do it as well, so you probably know it better from that. But Deadpool made fun of it. <laughs> so yeah, that was, you heard the sounds you heard was Krell with his two double-bladed lightsabers, one blue, one green, uh, waging war against the clones that came to arrest him. Uh, and now he's going to wage war against the ones that are on the ground as he attempts to make his escape. And we go from this into uh, a, a, a cat-and-mouse game in the Umbaran Forest where basically Krell begins to like hunt and kill all the clones that have, that have uh, in his mind, turned against him now and uh, begin to undermine his authority, as it were. Uh, it's a great sequence. It's full of action. There's one, uh, one particular section of it I want to play for you all, so I'm going to get that for you right now. But before I do that, I have to play the sequence where Dogma comes to the aid of his general and gets himself into a little bit of trouble for doing so. Hold it right there! Lower your weapon, Dogma. I... I can't do that, sir. That's an order! It's my duty. You're all traitors! I used to believe that being a good soldier meant doing everything they told you. That's how they engineered us. But we're not droids. We're not programmed. You have to learn to make your own decisions. Dogma, don't do it. Take him to the brig. Troopers, don't let General Krell escape. All right, here we go. Now I'll pull that, that little bit of a... I'm, again, we're not going to play the, the whole jungle sequence because some of it, it's so action-packed uh, that, that you're, you're just going to hear the sound effects. And that doesn't, doesn't really lend itself to a podcast. But there is one moment uh, in, this, in this sequence that I want to play that has some nice audio to it. All right, here we go. Check it out. You should have listened to the Ark Trooper from the beginning, Captain. <laughs> he was right. I was using you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Battle begins. Krell with his two double-bladed lightsabers against the remaining forces of the 501st on Umbara. And, and Krell's doing a mighty good job of, of taking care of the clones. Uh, this is one Jedi who is, uh, he's pretty hardcore. And, you know, <laughs> I, I wish the clones had handled themselves a little bit better against him. I would have liked to see them get a few more shots in on him. But, but Krell is a, is a formidable force uh, to be reckoned with, particularly with those two double-bladed lightsabers. And, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but it, it, it takes some clever ingenuity to get the drop on this this ex-Jedi Knight, and it, it comes in the form of 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 using that Vixus, right? I believe it's uh, it's Tup that, that will lure Krell over by the Vixus, and they'll use that, that giant plant with his tentacles to, to throw Krell off his game, to get him uh, having to deal with another threat uh, that allows the clones to kind of rally and get the drop on him when he finally deals with the Vixus, and they're able to stun him and it's time to take him to the brig. I stunned him, sir. Nice work, Tup. All right, now it's time to check in, and we're gonna get our confession from Krell about what's been going on the entire time. Uh. 
Dogma in the cell next to him. Why, General? Why kill your own men? <laughs> because I can. Because you fell for it. Because you're inferior. But you're a Jedi. How could you? A Jedi? <laughs> I am no longer naive enough to be a Jedi. A new power is rising. I've foreseen it. The Jedi are going to lose this war, and the Republic will be ripped apart from the inside. In its place is going to rise a new order, and I will rule as part of it. You're a separatist. I serve no one's side, only my own. And soon, my new master. You're an agent of Dooku. Not yet, but when I get out of here, I will be. After I've succeeded in driving the Republic from Umbara, the Count will reward my actions and make me his new apprentice. How could you do this? You had my trust, my loyalty. I followed all of your orders, and you made me kill my brothers! <laughs> That's because you were the biggest fool of them all, Dogma. I counted on blind loyalty like yours to make my plan succeed. <laughs> that will never happen. You're a traitor, General, and you will be dealt with as one. You never learn, Captain. The Umbarans are going to retake this base, and when they do, I will be free. All right, so a lot of interesting things to talk about there. Let's kind of work our way backwards. Uh, when he's addressing Dogma, one of the only times, I think it's the only time in this entire four episodes that he is referred to a clone by their name instead of by their, their CT number. Uh, so an interesting time for him to do, to do that. Uh, and, and then how, So how do we talk about his confession and what he said? He's received a vision. Is it a vision through the Force? Is it a vision through Palpatine, perhaps, to, to do this? Is this Palpatine's will being exerted over another Jedi? Because, again, we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. I think there's machinations here going on that maybe supersede than just, just a regular old force vision. But regardless, let's just hypothesize, let's hypothesize that it is a vision through the force, that Krell has been granted a look at the future, at a possible future, via the force, and what he's seen is the end of the Republic. But it's a very incomplete picture that he sees, because if he had seen the fall of the Republic and the new order that rises, he would see that the clones are an instrumental part of it, at least at the beginning, and, and, and perhaps in a sense, like he wouldn't know the difference anyways if he's seen stormtroopers or clone troopers. So the fact that he wants to kill them all is, is, is something that's, that's fairly interesting. So you sort of wonder how much of a vision did he get? And now we've, we've seen the way Force Visions work uh, in the show, in the movies. It's a lot of flashes. It's not like a straightforward narrative that you're being told. So his perception is probably that Dooku's forces are the ones that rise up and, and sort of usurp the power as the Republic tears itself apart from within, as he says. Uh, what's interesting, though, is also that he decides that he's going to do these things on his own. He's doing them. He serves no side but his own. He says that to us. So he's not working for Dooku. He's not working for the Republic. He is sort of an independent operator with the plans of like this being like sort of his application to Count Dooku. Like, hey, look what I did for you on Umbara. Or look, look what I did on Umbara. This is for you. I give this to you now. And what I want in return is to be your apprentice not realizing of course that dooku is of course the apprentice of darcidius um so that's sort of like the one one of the many flaws in krell's plan the other flaw being 
Dooku has no loyalty to anyone but himself and his Lord Sidious. Uh, and we have seen what he does to those who think they are going to make their way into his good graces. I would very easily, very easily see Dooku just killing Krell and being done with it. Being like, oh, thanks for Umbara. Here, by the way, here's my lightsaber through your chest. Boom. You're done. You're roasted. You're busted. You're basic. Get out. <laughs> so that's how I kind of see that playing out. I don't see a scenario in which Krell ends up with Dooku at all. Him trying to spin this, him trying to be on the side that's going to win, him fighting for A number one, uh, like the Duke of New York, Not, I don't see that in the cards for him in any scenario. It does not work at all. The, he, Krell is a pawn, even though he has no idea that he's a pawn. Whether he's a pawn of the Force or he's a pawn of, of Sidious is sort of the question to be decided, and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other end when we bring up another, another element to this, this arc that I want to get to after the show's done. And, whew, it's just, it's, I really wish we, I don't think there's been an, uh, any novels or, or comics or anything like that that have, that have shown us a Krell prior to this vision. I'm very curious what sort of Jedi he was before this vision sort of turned him into who we see in these four episodes. I would imagine he was quite capable. I mean, we've seen him with a lightsaber. He seems very, very formidable, very, very skilled in that department. Uh, but, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see a, a, a kinder, more compassionate Krell uh, at, at, at some point, you know, prior to the, the, the Clone Wars. And, and I don't know, if that material exists, I haven't found it yet because his, his appearances are fairly limited to these four episodes. Uh, but that would be something that would have been fun to explore. And, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Scott did, did the Dooku book that had a lot of really interesting ties in with some other Jedis that we've, uh, you know, that we've only had mentions of, like sifo and things like that. It would have been fun if he was able to include something with somebody like Krell, which I don't think he did because I double-checked the Wikipedia. and Yeah, I don't think Krell's in there at all. No entries for Krell in that book. Yeah, The Jedi Lost Book by Kevin Scott. Fantastic book. I do highly recommend it. Very, very good stuff. But yeah, it, it, I, I sort of want to know more about Krell as a Jedi when he was, you know, fully embracing the light side of the Force when he was a, 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 a what I assume would be a, a kinder, more compassionate Jedi at that point or else like, the order would have caught on sooner, you know. I I think we have heard from the various masters at some point that the war is affecting the Jedi in, in many many ways, you know, physically and mentally, and and Krill will be addressed at a certain point, I think, by Yoda in a later on episode. Um, just kind of sort of name checked, really, not not like a specific. Let's talk about the Krell situation. Um, yeah, I, so I'm, I'm very, very curious about that. I, I think that'd be some, some fun territory to explore. A, a kinder, gentler, more compassionate Krell, because those of us who only know him from these four episodes, and, and I mean, that's that's all of us, right? Because he hasn't shown up anything else. We see him as, as someone very cold and calculating and callous uh, and, and sort of bigoted against the clones. Uh, so, so so sort of sort of showing us a different side of Krell would be just a fascinating 180. You know, uh, and again, going back to Kevin Scott's book you, you see the turn of, the turning of dooku and and sort of like how he falls out of the jedi's beliefs uh, i want to know if there was more to, to krell's story that you know along those lines or if it was like primarily that vision like he sees his vision and it shakes him to his core and perhaps he was already shook because the clone wars came out you know the clone wars began and and perhaps that took his fundamental belief in the jedi and the republic to begin with so when he gets his vision he's like all right so it's, it's every man for himself all right here we go I'm doing my thing, and I'm going to try and woo the Count 
with with my with my massive killing of clone troopers in in all these battles. You know, I've uh, I will tell him that I've sacrificed millions upon millions of lives of clone troopers to to further his his goals, and that will that will get me in his good graces, and I'll get to be his apprentice. And no, it won't, because I still see Dooku stabbing you in the chest with a lightsaber, fool. All right. <laughs> Let's get to some of the, the big dramatic moments to close this episode out. There's still a couple left, and, and uh, in an episode full of dramatic moments, uh, the biggest one is yet to come. Captain, we've repaired the transmitter. It looks like it was sabotaged. We received a message from General Kenobi. His forces have captured the capital. The remaining Umbarans are heading here. Get everyone on the perimeter. We need to prepare for a full-scale attack. Yes, sir. Krell sabotaged the transmitter. He's been against us from the beginning. If the Umbarans get to him, he'll turn over all our intel, the defense codes, everything. He'll strike a crippling blow to the Republic. Something has to be done. We can't risk the possibility that he might escape. As long as Krell's alive, he is a threat to every one of us. I agree. So, that's gonna be a tough call for, for Rex, right? Now he's in a position where he has to kill a Jedi. This is pre-Order 66 when it was not, not just like, hey, we're going to kill some Jedi, let's do it. This is a hard decision for him. Something he's going to have to grapple with. And now we're going to check in on, on Dogma as as he's sort of weighing everything in his head. Like, his world's been flipped upside down. You know, again, his faith in the general, in the, in the, in the Republic, and following orders, all of this is, is... He's spinning like a top. Let's put it that way. And the only people who've shown him any loyalty and any kindness are his brothers at this point. And he's betrayed them. Uh, and so, so he's he's wrestling with all this. And again, I, I can't I, I think spinning like a top is probably the best way to describe his mental state right now. But Fives is gonna let him out. You know, he's still arrested, but <laughs> it's time to get everyone out of there. Yeah, pull back. Turn around and step toward the wall. All right. So what you don't what you don't see in that moment, I'm gonna pause it real quick because I don't want to talk over any of the lines. But what you don't see in that moment is as Rex issues that order, Krell gives this just completely uh, dismissive eye roll <laughs> that is just fits Krell's character to a T. On your knees. <laughs> You're in a position of power now. How does it feel? I said, on your knees. It feels good, doesn't it? But I can sense your fear. You're shaking, aren't you? What are you waiting for? The Imbarans are getting closer. I have to do this. You can't do it, can you? Eventually, you'll have to do the right thing. Shut to the back. But who did it? Who fired the shot? It wasn't Rex. It was Dogma. Stole the blaster right out of Fives' pocket. I... I had to. He betrayed us. So maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of redemption for Dogma. Still arrested, still has to 
face consequences for his actions in all this. And he will. But I'm sure Rex is going to come to his aid, too. Now Republic forces come into play. Get the troops. Get out of the day is one. And Dogman and Rex exchange a little nod. So you know Rex has got his back. General Kenobi's battalions have routed the last holdouts of Umbarans. And we've secured all sectors. We did it. We took Umbara. What's the point of all this? I mean, why? I don't know, sir. I don't think anybody knows. But I do know that someday this war is gonna end. Then what? We're soldiers. What happens to us then? And that question that Rex poses is what we're learning on the Bad Batch, right? We're seeing that unfold. Uh, in season one and the upcoming season two of Star Wars The Bad Batch uh, as, as we figure out what exactly is going to be happening with the clones as the Empire transitions to a non-clone-based army full of recruits and, and things of that nature. So th that's the Umbara arc. And, I mean, it's... it's I don't want to call it flawless, but it's it's gosh darn near perfect. I mean, it's really great stuff. This episode in particular, the the... The, the the gut punch of the clones having you know ended up killing each other the revelation that their commanders betrayed them uh, it's it's just it's so much it's so awesome it's so great it's it's nine and a half buckets it's almost ten it's like nine point nine buckets can I do nine point nine can I shave off just like a little ear of a bucket and give it nine point nine because it's so great uh, the emotion the the tension the conflict of the episode. It's, it's just all so spot on, and uh, it, it's really just a, a credit to Matt Mishnovitz writing all four of these episodes and, and killing it, just absolutely killing it. And as we've mentioned before, on every episode of, of these four in particular, uh, D. Bradley Baker just, just d doing the heavy lifting, putting the show on his shoulders for four episodes, and completely killing it. Just incredible work by everybody, and... and and uh, and and uh, Dave Fenoy as as Krell. Uh, what a what a powerfully unique voice. The way he delivers those lines, the sort of disgust he imbues in them when addressing the clones. Uh, very talented voice actor, Mr. Fenoy is. Uh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I love this. I love this arc. I love this episode. And I hope you've enjoyed us rewatching it and recapping it for you all. It's been a lot of fun. What I would like to posit now, because we don't get an answer. This is never really f explored later in the series. Um, if it's addressed in other media, I've not come across that. I mean, I read all the comics. I don't think I've seen it in there. So let, 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 let's kind of talk about it here. Anakin Skywalker, at the beginning of this, of this arc, recalled to Coruscant at the request of Chancellor Palpatine. Why? Never explained, never explored. He's probably there doing something for the Chancellor, but it's probably like a minor errand, because I believe, and I think a lot of other fans believe, that Palpatine knew this was coming. Palpatine was ready for uh, for Krell to, to do this, to decimate the 501st, and he wanted this to happen, but he did not want Anakin to be there yet. He did not want Anakin to uh, deal with the loss of Rex and the other clones because he was not prepared 
for him to turn to the dark side just yet. Remember, Palpatine's playing a long game here. He needs Dooku to do more things. He needs more of his plans to fall into place. He needs Grievous to do more things. He's not to the point yet where he's ready for Anakin to turn at this moment. So he recalls Anakin from Mumbara, and he lets Krell do these things. Now, that's why, as what I sort of, what I sort of posited earlier, is like, does Palpatine, is he the one who feeds Krell this Force vision in an effort to sort of uh, undermine the 501st and, and, and put Anakin in a position where he's not around to aid them? And I don't know. I think it's something that, that's really worth thinking about and considering. Like, what is Palpatine's angle here for recalling Anakin? Again, knowing that, that Palpatine has, has sort of set up all these situations, all these scenarios, and played everything out. You know, the, at this point, his, his, his plans maybe haven't always gone perfectly, but by and large, he's gotten the results he's wanted. And when he doesn't get the results he wants, he's able to quickly course correct to get back on track to where he needs to be. Now, the other train of thought is that also by recalling Anakin and letting Krell do his thing, you're also potentially opening the plan up that the the Republic invasion of Umbara fails and that Umbara stays in in the side of the Separatists. But that that one seems harder to pull off because there were so many other Republic forces on the planet. Again, you had General Kenobi there. You had General Sasi Tin with his forces there as well. So just pulling Anakin back seems like that may not have been enough. To, to sort of sway things. But perhaps Palpatine thought it, it might cause enough confusion, it might cause enough uh, of, of, a, of a scenario, knowing Krell's intentions to tip the scales, and it, could, and it was a 50-50 scenario. Again, I think there's a lot to sort of explore with this. I'd love to kind of get into this uh, in, in some form of, of you know short story or comic or, or even a full-fledged book about just what the heck was Palpatine's plan here for bringing... Uh, Anakin back to Coruscant at this particular time at a, at a very critical juncture uh, for this battle. And in, in a sort of backwards way, this plan further emboldens uh, Rex and the members of the 501st to, to be independent thinkers uh, in a way, because Anakin's always sort of favored troopers who think that way. Uh, and, and now they're, they've been put in this situation where they had to fend for themselves, they had to fight for themselves, stand up for themselves against a crazed Jedi general, and they were able to put him down. And, and so, you know, even before Order 66 came around, the, 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 the 501st now have uh, a dead Jedi on their belt, if you will. Not that, you know, not that they're probably bragging about that. You know, the, the weight of that situation obviously weighs heavy on them, especially on Rex, who was, you know, unable to pull the trigger on, on his commanding general. Uh, his commanding officer, if you will. Uh, so I, I, the the machinations, the wheels within wheels here for Palpatine. Uh, there's there's so many of them. And they're so they're so varied and they're so layered that 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 I sort of wonder what you all think. Like, why did he call him back? What was his intent? Was it was it to possibly tip the scales in Umbara's favor to stay in the Separatists, or was it to protect Anakin from the pain and loss of the Five O First and getting him to turn prematurely when he wasn't ready? Or had he hoped that the pain and loss of Anakin, or of the 501st and Rex, would turn him early and he would have another powerful ally to, to secede Dooku already? Again, it, it, there's, there's infinite speculation available here, but, but Palpatine clearly had something in play for calling him back uh, and for letting this unfold the way that it did. I, I think it would be foolish and naive to think that he didn't have a hand in it, that there wasn't some sort of 
um, wheel within a wheel here on what he was trying to do by by bringing Anakin by removing Anakin from the Embara conflict. So just some food for thought, and I again I would love to hear your opinion on this and what you think uh, about why did he recall Anakin? What did you think of the Embara arc overall? Uh, how much fun did you have? Oh, fun, yeah, and fun's a strong word. That's not the word I want to use. But how much did you just get blown away? by these episodes i mean it's just an incredible arc so reach out to me and, and share your thoughts you know follow us find us on social media we're at mando underscore vision twitter and instagram email the show mandovisiontom at gmail.com uh, and, and and share those thoughts i want to hear from you uh, use the email if you have long form thoughts i get i get all lost up when you, when, you, when people try to give me like those those you know five or ten responses on on twitter for some reason they never come in order and then i try to like piece it together and this just it's just the whole thing it's just a whole thing. So do you use the email. Long form. Give me your diatribe. I want to read it. Check it out. <laughs> so yeah, there's your reminder. Check us out on social media. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Hey, and while you're at it, you know, if you're on the internets, uh, make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. We truly, truly appreciate it. Every single person that downloads and listens to the show is my BFF. And uh, I love everyone who does it. So thank you in advance. And, and thank you again for doing it if you've been a long-time listener. I know a couple of you are out there. Thank you, thank you. Wink, wink, winky face at you. Wink. Yeah, there it is. You, <laughs> it works so well when I wink at you on a, on a visual – or on a, sorry, on an, on an audio format. <laughs> Here I am thinking I have a YouTube channel. Oh, wait, I do. But there's no video on it. It's just this show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just high on this episode. I'm sorry, I'm getting giddy. Like it was just so gosh darn good. And and again, we have some really great stuff coming up. Another favorite topic of mine uh, will be featured on the next couple of episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars when we get into slavery in the Galactic Republic. I can't wait to talk about that particular topic. I'm very very excited to get into that. Uh, so yeah, let's get out of here. Let's close up shop. Uh, this is the Mandalorian Podcast. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for, for checking out the show. Uh, if you're a new listener, welcome. We hope you stick around. If you're an old listener, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all the best. Love you so dearly. Uh, if anyone has the time or the inclination and wants to support the show in, in a free manner, five-star reviews, the best way to do that. We truly, truly appreciate it, and uh, thank you in advance for doing so. They help us in our continuing battle against the algorithm. Uh, if you want to support the show financially, that's also an option, too. If, you're, if you are a, a, a maniac... There's a place for you. You can join the Mandivision Maniacs over at patreon.com forward slash Mandivision. Join your fellow maniacs and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. You will you will get to hang out with cool people like the Aspendil Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host on a great music podcast called The Reunion, so check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. I bet that's the circle that Palpatine hangs out in. That's my guess. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker, Holly Quinn, Brian, and Krista of Pariah Brewing here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland. Place your orders via the web right now. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hop, is here. The Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. And Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good, a great movie-based podcast that I think you'll have a good time listening to and their crazy wild shenanigans because they love shenanigans over there. All right, I think we are done. We're running pretty long here with this episode, and I don't mind at all because uh, it, it's just so, so stellar. I may have to go back and watch all four episodes of this arc back to back to back to back to back to back to back, to back, to back and just loop it just on a loop because it's so great. It's great. One of the best arcs 
of the entire series, and I cannot say that enough, and I cannot emphasize enough the amazing voice performances in this episode. And uh, one thing, another element of these episodes I wanted to mention was was Kevin Kiner's score. The music in this episode in particular, but in the the arc overall, is just top-notch. The the moment when when Rex is realizing that they're killing other clones, just the score just adds so much to it. It's so wonderfully done, so powerful, so moving, so strong. Can't get enough of it. It's incredible. Incredible stuff. All right, that being said, you guys and gals and everyone in between, go out, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate every single one of you. You are all the best, and I love you dearly. Go be awesome, be excellent to each other, and watch some Star Wars. It, it's really good. If this, if you know people who haven't seen Star Wars, you need to like, like, grab them. Well, hold on, don't grab them. Let's let's not do that. Gently ask if you may grab them by the hand and lead them to a brighter world, <laughs> and show them Star Wars for the love of God. Who hasn't seen Star Wars? All right, let's get out of here. Let's go home. Let's go watch Star Wars. We'll be back next week with another episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. There may be a bonus show in between. I got some stuff I want to get off my chest. So there may be something coming, another another little Bantha tracks coming your way very, very soon. With that being said, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I suppose you'll be heading out. I'm not. You should. It's against the creed. I gave you my word. I'm with you until we both fall. You really buy into that bent of thought of? I do. Good. <laughs>